A friend and I saw something several years back. It was very thin and its skin looked as if it had a full body latex suit on. Very shiny. Bone structure in its face but no eyes or orifices. You could see the ribs. Head was elongated and fingers long and pointy. Had a peculiar looking gait to it. This was late at night and the creature was directly under a security light in my friend's backyard. We had been sitting quietly in his truck. This thing walked up not noticing us maybe 15 feet in front of us, directly under the security light. My friend screamed, and it jumped and faced us. It then took off towards the woods. We had been gone for a while, and just sitting in the driveway chilling, before we went in, we had actually pushed the truck to the house, because we had ran out of gas, right before we got back to his house. We finally got brave enough to run into the house, but the door was locked, and he didn't have a key because he never locked the house. Then we go around the house to try to get through his bedroom window, only to find that it was open. Not only was it open, but the screen was wadded up and shredded on the ground. Anyone have any idea what this thing could have been? This was in 1996 or 97. I've never been able to figure it out. I was in my mid-teens with a friend who was staying the night. We were looking out of my bedroom window which was on a hill about three miles inland from the sea. This is the south coast of the UK, so had a panoramic view out to sea. You could see miles both east and west as well as out to the horizon. Clear night, you could see the sea quite clearly. I guess there was probably some light from the moon. Over on the far left of seat, about five, six red lights seemed to flicker into existence on the surface of the sea. They were quite bright, but nothing crazy. But they were moving to the right, incredibly fast. Like, faster than any boat you could imagine, basically streaking across. They'd sort of go one at a time in quick succession, slightly flickering as they went. They went in little bursts, like maybe 10% of the full area I could see, then another 10%, etc. My friend and I were amazed, couldn't work out what the hell they were, and kept staring. After about 2-3 minutes, they'd pretty much got all the way to the right. Then they all seemed to flicker out completely. Then they reappeared back where they'd started, and the whole thing started again. My memory is they completely flickered out, this time a bit sooner, and that was it. The whole thing was about five, six minutes, so there's just no rational thing this can have been to me. Other than flotillas of impossibly fast boats, which I just can't see in a million years how they could have been that given the speed and behavior, and also who the hell is doing that with what would have to be two sets of boats at 11 p.m. at night, and coordinating it. So one lot left immediately after the first, etc. The other option is someone shining lights out to sea from the beach, I guess. But it's much too big an area. And anyway, the lights were twinkling in a way that meant they were clearly shining out. And again, who the hell would have set that up for some weird five-minute display? So yeah, aliens, I guess. Even then, floating aliens. Never really heard of those. Although there are some stories of craft coming out of the sea egg, some elements of the Nimitz story. All just very weird anyway. The night was thick with an eerie stillness as I patrolled the campsite. The recent rash of nocturnal attacks had left campers terrified and scarred. Their injuries a haunting reminder of the terrors that lurked in the darkness. Determined to uncover the truth behind these harrowing encounters, I delved into Reddit accounts, desperate for answers. The horror stories I discovered chilled me to the bone. 
people spoke of being stalked by creatures known as the Night Howlers, cryptids with the appearance of humanoid wolves and glowing red eyes. The stories described relentless assaults, blood-curdling howls, and a primal fear that clung to their every step. Armed with this newfound knowledge, my fellow rangers and I set out to protect the campers and unearth the mystery that shrouded these cryptids. We fortified the campsite, implementing additional security measures to ward off the Night Howler's advances. But we knew it was merely a temporary solution. As night fell, we stationed ourselves at strategic points, our senses on high alert. The moon cast an ethereal glow, casting long shadows that seemed to dance with every rustle of the trees. An oppressive silence weighed upon us as we waited, ready to confront the creatures that haunted the campsite. Suddenly, piercing howls shattered the tranquility, sending a chill down my spine. The night howlers emerged from the darkness, their glowing red eyes fixated on their prey. Their snarls reverberated through the night, an ominous symphony that struck fear into our hearts. With calculated precision, we fought back. Flashes of light cut through the shadows as we brandished our flashlights and fired warning shots into the air. The night howlers hesitated, their savage instincts momentarily disrupted. It was a temporary reprieve, but it gave us the opportunity to devise a plan. Through trial and error, we began to unravel the secrets behind these creatures. We learned that they were sensitive to bright light and loud noises, exploiting this weakness to create deterrence that kept the campsite safer. Yet, we couldn't ignore the fact that these cryptids posed a real threat to both campers and ourselves. Night after night, we patrolled the campsite, facing the relentless assaults of the night howlers. Each encounter brought us closer to understanding their patterns, their vulnerabilities, and the dark forces that brought them to our realm. Finally, the pieces of the puzzle fell into place. The Night Howlers were not mindless predators. They were victims of an ancient curse that bound them to the campsite. Guided by this revelation, we embarked on a mission to break the curse, freeing both the Night Howlers and the campers from the cycle of terror. With the knowledge we had acquired, we performed a ritual under the moonlit sky. Ancient words whispered on the wind, intertwining with our collective determination. A surge of energy pulsed through the campsite, dispelling the curse that held the Night Howlers captive. As the curse shattered, the Night Howlers let out one final mournful howl before fading away into the night. The campsite fell silent once again, the air heavy with a mix of relief and exhaustion. We had succeeded in protecting the campers and freeing the Night Howlers from their tortured existence. In the aftermath of this ordeal, we took steps to ensure the campsite remained secure, prepared for any future threats that may arise. The memories of those nights plagued by the night howlers would forever be etched in our minds, a reminder of the resilience of both human and cryptid alike. From that moment forward, the campsite flourished, its visitors blissfully unaware of the horrors that had once plagued it. The tale of the night howlers would fade into the realm of campfire stories, a reminder to tread cautiously in the wilderness, where mysteries and cryptids coexist in the shadows of the night. Myself and three other guys were sitting in camp just after the holidays, getting stuff set up for the crew to come in the next week. The camp was in the middle of No, where in the inlets of the west coast of British Columbia, Philip's arm to be exact. Anyways, 
All of us were in the camp house just finished dinner and playing some crib having drinks. All of a sudden we hear the door of the camp house close and a male voice say hello. All of us heard it spooked as hell. We all investigate. Find no trace of anyone in the camp. The only way in was by boat or plane. Second story. Not mine heard from a few old timers I've worked with. Back in the 80s, they were logging an old growth site on Indian land. One mechanic found an old Indian grave in a hollowed-out cedar, decided to take the skull and bring it back to the shop. Everyone told him to bring it back to where he found it, which he did. A few days later, he was working underneath a jacked-up fat truck, and the jacks let go and crushed him dead. I've been into lots of Indian areas on the coast and have had the hairs on my neck stand up multiple times. Hiked into a lake one time and had boulders being thrown into a lake and howling going on. We got the F out of there pretty quick. I've read a few native folklore books about the coast and they can't be wrong with what I've seen and heard through the years. My son was riding a four-wheeler in the mountains. While riding up a steep trail, he came across a very strong odor across between a bear and a skunk, but much more obnoxious. Unlike that of a bear or a dead carcass, we are avid, knowledgeable hunters aware of our environment and the habits and smells of animals. When something is very different and out of the ordinary, we take note of it. The odor was gone on his return trip down the trail a steep road to a tower. He said the odor, being so strong and obnoxious, made him feel a little scared, knowing that it wasn't the usual, and that we are aware of the existence of such creatures as Bigfoot, though having not seen one. The weather was cool and a nice riding day. It was sometime early spring or summer, possibly around April, and in a mountainous area a few roads, but where there was a rocky road going up to a lookout tower. It was steep terrain and tall timber, and the road is not used except by those using the tower. I've spent years hunting in the wilderness, but nothing could have prepared me for the swamps of Louisiana. Local hunters had been disappearing, vanishing into thin air, and it was my team's job to find out why. We were confident, even cocky, assured that our skills and experience would see us through. How wrong we were. The AU was like another world, a maze of stagnant water and twisted trees draped with Spanish moss. The air was heavy, the silence only broken by the occasional croak of a bullfrog or the splash of unseen creatures beneath the murky water. We began our search for the missing hunters, unaware that we were heading into the lair of something unimaginable. We found the first sign on the third day, a boot half sunk in the mud, still warm. It belonged to one of the missing hunters. That's when we felt it for the first time, a prickle on the back of our necks, the sense of being watched. As we delved deeper into the swamp, that feeling grew stronger. It was on the fifth day that we finally saw it, a creature massive and terrifying, its eyes glinting in the dim light. It was like nothing I'd ever seen before, a grotesque combination of reptile and mammal, covered in thick, mottled scales. It moved with a surprising speed, disappearing into the undergrowth before we could react. The game had changed. We were no longer the hunters. We were the hunted. Our numbers dwindled as the creature picked us off one by one, our weapons seeming to have no effect on it. It was a nightmare, a waking nightmare, and the swamp was its domain. In the end, it was just me and the creature, 
I could see it circling me, its eyes glowing in the darkness. I knew it was my do-or-die moment. I had to face this monster and put an end to the terror it had unleashed upon the swamps. Adrenaline coursed through my veins as I steadied my rifle, taking aim at the creature's menacing eyes. It lunged at me, its jaws wide open, and I pulled the trigger. The shot rang out, and the creature let out an unearthly screech before collapsing to the ground. I cautiously approached its fallen body, my heart pounding. My breath ragged. It lay there, motionless, its twisted, grotesque form a testament to the terror it had wrought. I'd done it. I'd killed the creature, avenged my fallen comrades, and put an end to the nightmare. But as I reached out to touch its scaly hide, the unimaginable happened. The creature's body began to fade, like mist dissipating in the morning sun. Within moments, it was gone, leaving me standing in the swamp, bewildered and alone. I searched the area, desperate to find some trace of the creature I'd just slain, but there was nothing. No blood, no tracks, no body. It was as if it had never existed. I returned home, haunted by the events in the swamp. My friends and family listened to my tale with disbelief, but I swore it was the truth. I knew what I'd seen, what I'd fought and what I'd killed. But without the body, I had no proof. The swamps had swallowed the creature, just as they had swallowed the missing hunters. The mystery of the Louisiana swamps remained unsolved, and I was left with the chilling knowledge that somewhere out there, the creature might still be lurking, waiting for its next victim. Late last night, my daughter 21, her friend 21, and I 43 had spent the evening at a drag show in Galveston, Texas. After the show, we decided to drive down to the beach for a few minutes before we headed home. The beach we usually go to was kind of a far drive from where we were and it was almost 3 a.m., so we decided to pull into a beach access that we had never been to before. I pulled in and drove around in a circle to shine the headlights in a 360 so we could kind of scope out the area before we got out. I parked next to a trash can kind of close to the dunes. As soon as we got out of the car, I felt a heaviness, hard to explain. Just something felt weird, and my intuition was to get back in the car immediately and leave. I wish I would have. I didn't find out until later that my daughter and her friend had the same feeling. There was no moon, so the only light was from a few beach houses on the other side of the dunes. I keep a huge Batten flashlight slash taser in my car, so I grabbed it and we walked down to the water. Suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I saw my daughter's friend turn around really fast and look back towards the car. She had heard a sound coming from the direction of the dunes. She grabbed my flashlight and pointed it towards my car, and she and I both saw something standing right up against my car. Neither of us were exactly sure of what we were looking at, because it seemed to fade away when the flashlight hit it. It's so hard to describe, but it was like you could only see it in the edge of the light from the flashlight. Like it only existed between light and dark. I grabbed the flashlight back and shined it directly where it was standing, and it was gone, just kind of disappeared. It was very surreal. This heaviness that I felt when we first got there was suddenly unbearable, and we all knew we had to leave as quickly as possible, but we were all kind of frozen in fear. We slowly made our way back to the car, but as we got close, my daughter and her friend saw the same figure crouched down next to the trash can with its back facing them. It was eerily silent as we ran to the car, 
jumped in, sped off. It was complete silence in the car for a few minutes until we got down the road a bit. Then I asked if they wanted to talk about what we just saw and we all just collectively freaked the absolute F.U.F. out, tears, and everything. My daughter only saw it from the front for a split second, but her friend and I looked directly at it, and we both described exactly the same thing. Judging by the height of my car, we estimated it to be at least six feet two, six feet five. It was very tall and slim. It had a human shape, but the face was just kind of blank with two black spaces where eyes should be. Like the eyes were there, just really sunk in. Its face kind of had the shape of a long Gandalf-type beard, but it was fleshy, not hair. It had really long arms, one of which was resting on the top of my car on the back passenger door. It seemed to be wearing what looked like a robe, but it was part of the creature. Like his flesh was in the shape of long robe sleeves. No hands, just long fleshy flaps. It was just standing there kind of slouching, like it wasn't standing up all the way. And it just stared blankly at us, almost through us. When I say a heavy feeling, we could physically feel some sort of presence as soon as we had gotten there. I personally have never felt so much anxiety, fear, and terror in my life. I have no idea what the F we saw, but there is definitely a lingering wary feeling through my whole body since it happened that I can't seem to shake. My daughter says she feels the same way. Every time we talk about it, we get chills. I'm super bad at drawing, but I tried my best to draw what I saw. My name is Corporal Isaac Martinez, and I was part of a five-man National Guard unit dispatched to the remote town of Elk Ridge, bordering Sequoia National Park. The call for evacuation came after the local sheriff's office was flooded with reports of a terrifying creature, a dogman. As night cloaked the town, the beast made its presence known, its guttural growls echoing through the night. It was unlike anything we had faced before, a monstrous hybrid of man and beast. The mission had turned from evacuation to survival. We fought, not just for ourselves, but for the terrified citizens we had sworn to protect. Amidst the chaos, we started piecing together a horrifying possibility. The Dogman. Could it be one of our own? One of our friends who had gone missing in these woods months ago. The reality hit us like a punch to the gut. We were not just fighting a creature. We were fighting a brother. A man who once stood by our side, now a monstrous predator. The creature was relentless. One by one, my comrades fell. I can still hear their screams, their desperate pleas for mercy. But the beast showed none. It was just me, alone and cornered, waiting for my end. But the end didn't come. The dogman, it just spared me. I don't know why. I collapsed from exhaustion, the adrenaline finally wearing off. The next day, I was found by park rangers, delirious and shaken. As they helped me to my feet, one of them recoiled. Your teeth, he stammered. I ran my tongue across my teeth, feeling the sharp points of new, abnormal fangs. The rangers and I shared a look of horrified understanding, but we knew this had to stay silent. What happened in Elkridge would be buried along with my fallen brothers. The world would never know the truth. I was left with a burden, a secret, and a horrifying reality. The dogman was gone. But maybe, just maybe, a part of him was now a part of me. Sit here now, burdened by the weight of the truth that has forever changed my life. My name is Mark, 
and I was a member of a Navy SEAL team led by a man named Joe. Our assignment took us to a remote outpost in war-torn Syria, a place where danger lurked around every corner. Little did we know that the true horror we would face was not from the living, but from the restless spirits of the dead. It began with strange occurrences during our night shifts in the barracks. Unexplained whispers echoed through the halls, chilling our bones and filling our hearts with an unyielding sense of dread. Shadows danced along the walls, their ethereal forms mocking our mortal presence. Curiosity consumed us, and we couldn't ignore the unsettling atmosphere any longer. Joe, a seasoned hunter with a keen sense of intuition, took charge of our investigation. We delved into the history of the outpost, uncovering the dark secrets that had been buried beneath its very foundations. To our horror, we discovered that the outpost was built upon a massive grave. Countless lives had been lost in the battles that had ravaged this land, their souls trapped and tormented by the atrocities committed upon them. The vengeful spirits of the fallen soldiers haunted the outpost, seeking retribution for the lives unjustly taken. Night after night, we faced the wrath of these vengeful spirits. Their anguished cries echoed through the barren halls, sending shivers down our spines. We fought back, using every weapon at our disposal, both physical and spiritual. It was a battle unlike any we had faced before, a war waged against the ethereal realm. Our team was decimated, the majority of our men lost to the relentless onslaught of the vengeful ghosts. Yet, in the face of adversity, we refused to surrender. We rallied together, our determination fueled by the memory of our fallen comrades. With a desperate plan in mind, we set out to break the cycle of torment that plagued the outpost. Armed with dynamite, we ventured deep into the bowels of the structure, to the heart of the mass grave that lay beneath. The ghosts, sensing our purpose, grew more aggressive, their ethereal forms manifesting with increasing fury. As we reached the epicenter, our hands trembling, with a mix of fear and resolve. We set the detonator. The explosion reverberated through the outpost, ripping through the physical and spiritual realms alike. The earth shook beneath our feet as the structure crumbled, taking the ghosts and the grave with it. We fled the collapsing outpost, our bodies battered and our hearts heavy with loss. The souls of the fallen soldiers were finally freed, their spirits released from the chains that had bound them for far too long. In their sacrifice, we found a semblance of victory. Now, as I recount this tale, I do so with a heavy heart. The memories of that haunted outpost will forever haunt my dreams, a constant reminder of the horrors we faced. I carry the weight of their sacrifice, their voices echoing in my ears, urging me to never forget. The world may never know the truth of what happened in that remote outpost, but I share this story as a testament to the bravery and resilience of my fellow SEALs. We faced not only the terrors of war, but also the wrath of vengeful spirits. We stood our ground, fought until the bitter end, and left no stone unturned in our pursuit of peace. May the souls of the fallen soldiers find solace in the oblivion that awaited them, and may their sacrifice never be forgotten. Last summer, my boyfriend and I were camping in the Uachita Forest, off the Winona Scenic Route. We drove through a gorgeous spillway to a creek site where we had set up our camp and were laying in the hammock for the night. Next thing I know, our dog is growling this deep growl. I'd never heard her make, so it caught my attention. I look in the direction she's growling in, 
and I see this weird humanoid figure just casually walking in the woods about 10-20 feet away from us. It's a light gray, maybe white color, 7 feet tall, very skinny, and has an abnormally large head. Our dog barks and catches its attention. It stops for a good 20 seconds, looks at us, then carries on its way. Needless to say, we immediately packed everything up and left. We hadn't taken anything recreational that night, though I sort of wish we had now. I truly don't know what I saw, but I'm so curious if we were the only ones to see have ever seen anything like that in that area. In 1991, I had moved to the Oxford Hills region of Maine and began exploring the forest. I would kill a day exploring, make your way to a stream or a snowmobile trail, and find your way back to civilization. One day I got into an area that was pretty far off. I had to cross a waist-deep river and a couple small creeks before coming upon this ridge leading up to a flat-topped hill covered with tall trees. My goal was to get atop and see if I could spot a way out better than how I got in. Atop the hill, I saw something amongst the trees and thought my eyes were playing tricks on me. I walked right up to it. It was a 1980 school bus in pretty damn good condition. The trees boxing it in were 40 or so feet tall birch trees. There were no obvious paths it could have driven on to get there. So, seeing it was less than 10 years old, I can only assume someone stole it when it was new, and maybe a path and washed out in the years since. As an ex-park ranger turned soldier, I've seen my fair share of strange and terrifying things, but nothing could have prepared me for what I encountered during my tour in Afghanistan in 2019. When we first arrived at base, it was unlike anything I had ever seen. There was nothing but a barren wasteland, and the only thing to eat was this strange, bland food that seemed to have no nutritional value. But we were soldiers, and we were used to roughing it, so we didn't think much of it. One day, while on patrol through a local town, my squad and I were ordered to investigate a strange alley that had been reported by locals. As we made our way down the narrow passage, we heard a roar unlike anything I had ever heard before. My heart was pounding in my chest as we cautiously approached the end of the alley. And then we saw it, a creature that defied description. It was a massive, hulking thing covered in thick, matted fur. It had the body of an ape, but the face of something far more sinister. It let out a deafening roar and lunged at us, but we were quick to react. We unleashed a hail of bullets from our automatic rifles, and the creature fell to the ground, dead. As we approached the body to examine it, we were met with resistance from the locals. They were fiercely protective of the creature, and wouldn't allow us to get too close. We were puzzled by their behavior, but we didn't want to cause any more trouble, so we left the creature where it lay and continued our patrol. But the memory of that creature stayed with me, even after we returned to base. I couldn't shake the feeling that there was something off about it, something that didn't quite fit with what we knew about the world. I couldn't help but wonder what other strange and terrifying creatures might be lurking in the shadows of this mysterious country. I was visiting my aunt in northeast Illinois, just north of Chicago, in the summer of 2002. We were outside for a noon barbecue. My cousin Eddie Nyage 9 runs over to my aunt yelling that the bird's back. 
So we all look over to where the kid's pointing, and not even 100 feet away, and about 50 feet up was this huge freaking bird. My mom is, is afraid of anything with more than two legs. So she starts totally freaking out the funniest thing I've ever seen. So she grabs the kids and runs inside faster than if the devil was on her tail. My stepdad and uncle both have video cameras pointed at it. Now my uncle Richie works as a cameraman at one of the local news stations over there. So he knows how to use a camera. My stepdad unfortunately doesn't and the video that we took home is shaky and blurred most of the time. This bird was big. I talking 15-20 feet freaking wings. It circled a couple of times and then headed east at 1.14 p.m. I have the exact time because every few seconds I'd in shorthand write down the time and the activity. I'm a part-time ghost investigator here in Southern California and very good about writing things down very quickly. It was black with brown feather tips. Its beak fit the body and looked kind of like a cross between a crow and a hawk. Keep in mind that I'm 5 feet 3, looking at 100 feet and up at 50-60 feet. This was way cooler than any ghost I've seen yet. Well, as I said, my investigator instincts took over. And when I was asking a whole bunch of normally reserved for ghosts questions, I found out that the bird showed up at the aunt and uncle's ranch at least once a month. This is so cool. I only wish my uncle would make me a copy of his tape so I could show you guys. This could very easily not be a skinwalker, but wanted to post anyway. I was with my friends walking through the woods late at night a few weeks ago, and this area is supposedly haunted, so some of them were scared. I was mentioning skinwalkers and how they can appear if you mention them just to try and scare my friends. Not too much later, we saw eyes in the woods, which appeared to be a mountain lion when we got closer. We live in South Central Connecticut, so mountain lions are extremely rare. My friends started running away and I followed. We looked back and saw the eyes behind us a few times, but eventually it went away. Does this sound similar to other skiwalker stories? Or am I just being paranoid? I was working late last night, and while I was taking out the garbage, when I arrived at the dumpsters, I smelled a stench similar to wet dog and blood. I looked up when I heard rustling in a bush, and I saw a large black creature, about seven, eight feet tall, covered in fur. It appeared to be humanoid in shape, except with the head of a wolf slash coyote. It had its back towards me and was walking towards a dark area in the forest. I immediately ran away when I saw it so I didn't get a picture. I'm still not sure what it was, but my coworker told me it was probably a skinwalker and I really can't think of any other explanations. Does anyone have any other explanations? Does anyone know if there are skinwalkers in this area? Should I be concerned?